May I speak to the glory of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What do an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Scotsman have in common with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Before you think this is the start of a joke, what do they also have in common with Barbar Black Sheep and the popular story of the French Musketeers? The answer is three. There are three men in the jokes. Barbar Black Sheep have had three bags of wool, and in the story there were three musketeers. But imagine if the number was two. Would it make any difference if there was one less person in the jokes? If the sheep only had two bags of wool? If there were only two musketeers? Would it actually change anything? We don't really know why Barbar Black Sheep is giving wool to the master, the dame, and the little boy who lived down the lane, but potentially if the sheep had only produced two bags of wool, someone would have had to go without, potentially leading to no wool to make their clothes or no money from the sale of the wool. The French musketeers were men who provided security to the king. Surely the more guards, the greater level of protection they could provide. So even one less guard could have had disastrous consequences, so surely three would be better than two here as well. And then the three parties in the jokes. I think a lot of us have heard these jokes at some point, with the basic premise being to poke fun at one or other of the nationalities. But would the jokes work if there were only two men? Let's imagine one was missing. Which one would we leave out? If we left out the Englishman... Would that leave the Scotsman and the Irishman arguing about whose whisky is best? If we left out the Scotsman, would that leave the Irishman and Englishman arguing about religion or the potato famine? If we left out the Irishman, well at the moment that would probably leave the Scotsman and the Englishman arguing about Scottish independence. Today, the Church celebrates Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit the trio on which our Christian faith is based. Throughout our church life, we learn that they are three, yet one. But what if there are only two? How would that impact our Christian life? Evolutionists tell us that the universe and everything in it was created from matter floating around in space, and that the first living forms on the earth evolved from the tiniest particles of that space dust. If that is the case, then what was God's part in the beginning of the world? Surely evolution took a lot longer than the six days of creation. Throughout the Old Testament, there are many stories of people seeing God's actions, although not actually seeing him. For example, Noah and the flood, the plague of locusts sent on the Egyptians, Moses and the burning bush. Was this really God at work? Or were they just natural occurrences? Whilst it is written that the flood covered the earth, remember that the earth was seen as flat until the Middle Ages, and in the very early years, knowledge of the size of the earth would probably have been just about as big as the distance a person could travel in a few days. Plagues of locusts still happen now. In fact, Kenya and the eastern side of Africa saw one of the largest locust plagues in living history in 2020. The heat and the sun in the desert could have spontaneously started a fire in the undergrowth, setting a burning, setting a bush alight. God has never been seen by a mortal being, so how can we say he exists? 
There are many people in the world who don't believe in God, and if no one's seen him, are they right? Is he the one that we can exclude from the Trinity? But even if certain stories in the Bible about God could be explained away as natural occurrences, surely other stories of God's presence and work cannot be ignored. For example, people who say they heard God talking to them. There are actually quite a few stories in the Old Testament of people who heard God's voice calling them, warning them and encouraging them. From Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to Samuel in the temple and Moses in the desert. They all heard God speak to them in different ways and they all took action following what God said. Such as Moses who, after God telling him to lead the people of Israel to a better future, set out on the epic journey to the promised land. So how did Moses manage to lead a large number of people on such a difficult journey? Why did Noah build his ark and save animals and people? Why did Samuel answer God's call? Because despite the disbelievers, despite the hard conditions they might have found themselves in, they did believe in God. They knew that with the help of God, they would get through whatever trials and tribulations he put before them to better their lives. The fact that the very first humans, Adam and Eve, heard God, spoke to him, and learned about the consequences of going against God's will, and passed that knowledge on to their children and down the centuries, shows that we cannot exclude him from the Trinity. Let us move on to Jesus. Born to a human mother, just as other, any other baby is born, Jesus came into the world part of an ordinary, small family, Joseph being described as a poor carpenter. He wasn't born into luxury. Mary and Joseph didn't treat him much different to how any parent would treat a child in his early years. He wasn't spoilt, showered with gifts, or brought up by nannies and nursemaids. Does this really sound like the child of someone who is to become the king of the Jews? Why did people gather to listen to Jesus talking or follow him on foot for miles and miles through dusty, dry countryside? Were they at a loss for something to do? Did he just tell a good story? Or was he like a long-ago version of the Pied Piper? And what about the acts Jesus carried out? Can someone really walk on water or turn water into wine? Surely these are just made-up events, and Jesus was a homeless, penniless man rambling around the villages chatting to people he happened to meet on the way. But unlike God, there were actual eyewitnesses to the life and works of Jesus. Throughout his lifetime, he came into contact with thousands of people, and many of these interactions are recorded in the Bible, starting with the occasion when his parents found him in the temple, talking to the priests about God when he was just 12 years old. The Gospels are written accounts of the Apostles' time with Jesus, attesting to the healing he did for many people, miracles that happened, and also some of the everyday conversations and actions. They also describe the accounts of people who saw Jesus after his resurrection, including Mary Magdalene, who was the first to see him, and Thomas, who touched Jesus' wounds. Instances such as feeding the 5,000 and Jesus overturning the traders' tables in the temple cannot be ignored, as so many saw him. Therefore, we cannot exclude Jesus from the Trinity. Finally, what about the Holy Spirit? In St. John's Gospel, he describes Jesus breathing over the disciples and saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
How could Jesus breathing and speaking a few words impart anything to the disciples? Moreover, witnesses saw flames coming out of the disciples' heads and heard them talking in foreign languages at the time this happened, which either sounds a bit frightening or a bit mad. Imagine seeing people looking like they were on fire but not getting burnt, or hearing them speak in languages they hadn't previously known. This would have been unexplainable to the crowds. In fact, our readings last week, we heard how bystanders accused them of being drunk because they did not understand what was happening. But without the Holy Spirit, would the disciples have been able to spread the word of Jesus? Would people have taken notice of what they were saying, understood or believed in it? Would they have been able to encourage more and more people to believe in Jesus, to understand Jesus' lessons, to live a good, prayerful life? The Holy Spirit gave the disciples, and then their followers, the power to spread the good news about Jesus far and wide, to reach many people in different languages and walks of life, because Jesus had chosen them to carry on his mission. So surely the Holy Spirit has to stay in the Trinity too. So just like the Englishmen, the Irishmen and the Scotsmen are vital to make the jokes work, we can see that the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit are vital to the Holy Trinity. Without God, the world wouldn't have been created and Jesus would not have been born to live on earth. Without Jesus, we would not have the understanding of God and the lessons and teachings we live our Christian lives by and our hope of eternal life with him in heaven. And without the Holy Spirit, we might not be here in this church today, our belief having been handed down over the generations and centuries. Let us finish with a short prayer. Glory be to the Father, who created me in the image and likeness of God. Glory be to the Son, who through his passion and cross triumphed over hell and showed me the way to heaven. Glory be to the Holy Spirit, who cleansed me of my sin at baptism and blesses me with wondrous graces every day. Glory be to the Holy Trinity. Amen.